Welcome to Whores Talk Horror. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay. Hello and welcome to Whores Talk Horror. I'm Sharon. And I'm Melinda. Earlier this year, we did an entire episode where we read funny, ridiculous, or just plain bizarre movie reviews from some of our favorite horror films like Halloween, Scream, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and A Nightmare on Elm Street. There were some real memorable quotes from those reviews, including our personal favorite. Some big dumb dumb writer decided to kill Johnny Depp. You don't kill the Depp man. The Depp man kills you. <laughs> Which obviously is from uh, a review of Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Thank you, Sharon, for clarifying. <laughs> um, we thought it would be fun to do another episode where we read the funniest, strangest, and most out there reviews of some of the most popular horror films of all time. All these reviews come from IMDb, and we'll be reading all the reviews as written, bad spelling, grammatical errors, and all. So let's begin. All right. We are going to start (laughs) with the 1980 Stanley Kubrick film, The Shining. And I know a lot of fans of Stephen King's novel hate this film, even people who haven't read the novel, hate this film, including King himself, um, although he has read the novel. That's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming. That sounded a little weird the way that come, came out. Um, I personally love this film. I saw it in high school for the first time prior to reading the book. I think it's beautifully shot. I just love the sets, the atmosphere, the music. I think the acting is spot on by everyone, including Shelley Duvall, who gets so much flack for her performance, which I just don't understand. I understand her character, Wendy, is different from Wendy in the book, but she was acting as it was written for her. Well, and to be fair, she put up with a lot we'll say we'll leave it at that to even make that performance happen so give her some slack people yeah I think she did a great job um but I get it not everyone loves this film and even after reading the book I'm gonna admit I still like it I like it for what it is no I do too I agree they're separate in my mind the book and the movie the Kubrick movie are separate totally in my mind totally yeah The movie has an overall rating of 8.4 on IMDb, but let's see what some of the reviewers have to say about this film. (laughs) All right. This first review literally made me laugh out loud after reading just the first sentence. I'm going to try and get through this without laughing. I honestly think we could just stop after this first (laughs) review, but whatever. Um, All right. A face in the door. One out of ten. This movie is about a man who likes to shout things through gaps in doors. Jack Nicholson plays the man with this obsessive compulsive disorder. For two hours, he goes around smashing in doors and sticking his face through the hole he's made. Here's Fred. Here's Eddie. Here's Chris. Here's Brian. This goes on and on and on. I expect more from Stanley Coldbricks. The person who wrote the story for this should be scolded. It's just so monotonous. Here's Simon. Here's Quentin. Here's Keith. How can anyone watch a man going around shouting through gaps in doors for two hours is beyond me. For goodness sakes, even the poster has his face sticking through a hole in a door. Okay, okay, we get the general idea. Enough already. That's amazing. So my theory about this this review is that the person turned on the movie, fell asleep, and then woke up 
towards the end and didn't realize it because that's happened to me before and then was like wait this is a whole movie him just running around smashing in doors because he like woke up at the end when he had the axe in his hand that's my theory my theory is this guy was just being a total <laughs> asshole and yeah. was like I'm gonna write a really funny review and he succeeded well done my friend uh, yeah, I think you're right, though. We can, we can just end the episode now. That I, Nothing's going to top that review. Drop the axe, walk away. <laughs> axe drop. Axe drop. <laughs> there you go. Away. All right, Mindy, next review for The Shining. What do you got? This title is absolutely horrendous. One out of ten stars. This has got to be the most stupid film I have ever seen. Spoilers ahead. First of all, the plot is stupid. The little kid is weird, and they move to a hotel because the father is the caretaker of it. We find that the kid has a gift, The Shining. This gift never, ever has anything to do with anything except to make the kid seem cool. Then the movie gets more boring and boring until the man finally goes crazy. He goes on a rampage to kill the kid and his wife because, well, he feels like it. Why else would he do it? All of a sudden, we see a naked woman in a tub. The man kisses her and realizes he's kissing a dead corpse, which is utterly disgusting. Somehow a black man enters the hotel and is whacked with an axe. Then the kid and the woman take back... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, this guy all of a sudden just got, like, racist. Like, I know, right? It goes weird. Did you, did you miss the whole beginning of the film where this black man, who has a name, by the way, right? but he's actually a character in the film. It's not like he just wandered in from off the streets out of nowhere. Which had a lot to do with the title of the film, The Shining, and the kid's <laughs> gift, but <clears throat> let me finish this out. Then the kid and the woman take the black man's vehicle and leave the father, who dies within minutes of hypothermia. Most movies aren't a complete waste of time, but this falls right into that category. The music is trashy. The characters are corny, except Jack Nicholson, who is a good actor. The plot is twisted, and it fits the description of vomit. The ending is very predictable, and the storyline is slow, tedious, and boring. This movie is extremely overrated. Avoid this movie at all costs! I'm surprised it's gotten such a high rating on IMDb. <laughs> I like that he specifies on IMDb. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, this guy has some very good takeaways. <laughs> the, the Shining is is really just to make people seem cool. I mean, I think that's that's the main takeaway. And also, kissing dead corpses is gross. Yeah, which, you know, yeah, it is. Well, at least he learned some stuff. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Here's rubbish. Ah. One out of ten. Having just seen the doco about Kubrick and then taken the plunge with eyes wide shut after being warned against it by everyone I know, I expected wonderful things from this film. After all, Jack Nicholson, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. This was going to be amazing. John wrong. Um, in case you're wondering what that word was I just said before wrong, it was just a J with 15 N's <laughs> after it. <laughs> I'm assuming it was pronounced John. Right? Okay. Yeah, sure. I would go with that. Yeah. Sure. Here's Johnny. <laughs> Quite simply, one of the worst films I've ever seen. The editing alone was a travesty. What amateur crud. 
Could this be the same mind that gave us Easy Rider, Dr. Strangelove in 2001? Clearly, R. Stanley had a rather nasty turn prior to making this film. That or it ran way over budget and the studio employed some lackey fresh out of make your own home movies in 24 hours to whack it together overnight. Then there's the music. (laughs) The bar talk was perfect, but all the original synth stuff was absolute rubbish. I really think I must be missing something critical here. Or was he trying to make a statement about how pathetic horror movies are? Because that rang out loud and clear. Dang. Well, look, if you want to see a plot that is full of holes, if you want to see a helicopter shadow in the overhead shots at the start and catch some awful, sad, empathetic acting from Shelley Duvall and then be left wondering why Stan even bothered beating his dead horse of a C movie, sure, rush down to the movie store. I implore you. <laughs> Emplore, E-M-P-L-O-R-E, not implore. Anyways, moving on. (laughs) Do it. Do it now. Seriously, I love Stan when he puts his heart into it, but I teach editing and I have people who come in with no knowledge cutting up better narratives their first day just by letting them play with MS Movie Maker. That just makes me sad. That part makes me sad. (laughs) I should also temper this with some context. One, I can prove by simple logical argument that Stephen King is a hack chiefly because he writes like a three-year-old. Two, I love being challenged and having something to think about. Three, why oh why can't our clairvoyant friend or his shine brother also sounds very racist. (laughs) Can we keep racism out of movie reviews, people? And, you know, let's just keep racism out of everything. Let's just end racism. Right? right? Exactly. Um, foresee his untimely and really badly played out plot killing anticlimactic death? Well, to answer this reviewer's question, maybe that's because Danny sees death and tragedy metaphorically. Example, seeing the blood from the elevators, seeing the dead twins. Maybe he can't always predict the future, but he can sense when something bad is going to happen in other ways. Also, there would have been no movie if he predicted this at the beginning of the film. And for someone that teaches film editing, uh, Kubrick had nothing to do with Easy Rider. That was written by Peter Fonda, Dennis Hopper, and Terry Southern and directed by Dennis Hopper. And also, I've seen this movie so many times, I never even noticed the helicopter shot. So I went on YouTube and found a video that showed it. It's so brief and like barely noticeable, though, that... I would not criticize that as poor filmmaking. I mean, this is before drones. So the fact that they were able to even get such beautiful footage, especially that very first shot where you see that little cluster of trees on that island in the middle of the water, that is so beautiful. And I like the synth music. I think it's so moody and creates this atmosphere, especially when accompanying the footage at the beginning of the film. It just like really gives you a sense of how isolated this hotel is. And personally, it fills me with dread. But whatever. I feel a little left out now because I and I think this is just because I've always, especially at the beginning of the movie, for all the reasons you've just stated, I'm always just like quiet and staring at the screen in anticipation. (laughs) I've never really noticed the synth music. Like, it's never stuck out enough that I guess that it would bother me, which means because I like the movie and I enjoy it and I think it's effective. So maybe that's why. 
Um, but damn. I mean, it's the same music. It's like, it's the music you associate with The Shining. Right, it's, right. But like, and I don't they, even know, honestly, if it's a synthesizer <laughs> or I have no idea. I don't know what they used to make the music. I always assumed it was an orchestra, but I could be totally wrong because I am not a music or sound person at all. Well, um, if any of you listening somehow recognize this person as maybe your film editing teacher, I would maybe recommend switching courses or at least instructors. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> I think Spencerpedia is looking up what is used to create the theme for The Shining. And do you have an answer, Spencer? I'm seeing a lot of orchestras. Yeah, I thought so too. music. I mean... There could be a couple, but... No, synthesizer? I can't even say that word. Synthesizer. Synthesizer? No synth music? uh, It's not giving me like specific instruments, but the majority of these are definitely uh, performed by an orchestra. I mean, yeah, it sounds like uh, strings to me. Yeah. No, I know. Me too. That's why when I I heard synth a few times, I was like, have I missed a major portion of The Shining this whole time? Like... (laughs) All right, Mindy. All right. This one's titled, It's not a horror movie. It's a movie about a crazy guy. One out of 10. I searched the top 10 horror movie on IMDb and found out this is one of them. So I watched it. But then I realized the movie, It's Not Horror, just made me feel like that's disgusting. That's literally how that was written, by the way. That's me as a side note. Back to the review. First, Jake, Jake, (laughs) not jack not jack jake saw a naked ghost in quotes and he was so happy that's not right he is married and how come he just acted like nothing happened he said he will do anything for the son but he just let those ghosts control him and hurt his son and wife and then the rest of the movie just a crazy guy how to kill his wife he is just crazy people i don't understand why people think the movie is great because Jake is crazy, I think watch this movie is an awful experience. <laughs> I think watch this movie is an awful experience. I think read this review was a difficult experience. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes, I, I have to say, we're, we're not making fun of people. If Some of these, it does seem like it's probably um, English as a second language um, for the people who wrote it. So I'm, we're not making fun of the fact that they're not using proper grammar we're making fun of the fact that like their takeaway from the film is basically jake cheats with a ghost (laughs) when he's married or jack nicholson runs around punching holes in walls and yelling to random names (laughs) um but yeah i i really like that um one mess up the name jake instead of jack and oh shit i don't like this movie because he cheated on his wife and he's married with a ghost what that's just not right. I know. Well, to be fair, I'm making fun of some of these people who, where it's clear that like English is not a second language and that they're just really bad with punctuation and grammar. Yeah. But yeah. True. That's uh, me. Back to the music real quick. Yeah. Um, it does seem like there is at least, at least some Moog synthesizer in uh, The Shining. Um, wow. By Wendy Carlos, who was a pioneer in the world of synthesizers, a trailblazing LGBTQ icon mm. um, and one of the most important figures in the history of electronic music. So there's obviously a lot more, um, but it does seem like she did work on The Shining to an extent. That's kind of cool. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't care. I love the music. I don't care how it was composed, how... It's played. 
It sounds fucking creepy. So meh. <laughs> All right. Well, since a lot of people prefer the 1997 TV miniseries, The Shining, starring Steven Weber as Jack and Rebecca DeMornay as Wendy, um, since people like this better than the Kubrick version, including King himself, who actually wrote the screenplay for the TV miniseries, I thought it'd be fair to include a couple of reviews from that version oh, as sweet. well. Um, so this is pretty much a direct adaptation to the book. There are some differences, though. It's not exactly the same as the book. Uh, so this first review, fascinating, 2 out of 10. It's amazing to think that Stephen King really thought that the Kubrick version of his book wasn't very good. Kubrick turned a second-rate work into the best horror film of the 80s. King did manage, however, with this miniseries to show us just how crappy his books really are. You'd have thought he would have realized the genius that gave him his best horror cinema interpretation ever. Elliot Gould was obviously just contributing towards his pension, and even Rebecca de Mornay, who had a brief romance with the godlike Leonard Cohen, couldn't act her way around this dreadful script. Having said that, as a gay man, I'd have to say that I'd rather shag Steven Weber than Jack Nicholson any day. 100% agree. Steven Weber is very shaggable, and I miss the TV show Wings. Dude, I watched great, the... F- great review. <laughs> I watched the fuck out of Wings when I was little, and I agree, actually. <laughs> I fucking love Wings. That show is just so silly and ridiculous, and um, yeah, he, Steven Weber was very funny in that show. Yeah. But um, I'm not going to... I don't think King writes shitty books. His endings sometimes fall flat, but... Um, yeah, I, I do agree that this miniseries is kind of shite. Um, so wait, are you British? I am British. Now <laughs> it was. A, I do think it was a bit long because the book it works better as a book with the all the details and like you know the one thing Kubrick did is he was able to edit the story to a more manageable length I feel like even though he kind of changed the whole intention of the characters <laughs> um, uh, the whole intention of the characters the story major plots major themes but yeah. to be fair the miniseries was very it was more accurate to the book but it I'll go That's I about agree it was all long it was. yeah all right mini we have one more okay one more this is again about the miniseries and the title is boring redundant and long one out of ten Proof once again that Stephen King has a tin eye for film and has no idea how to effectively adapt his own work. This version has no mystery, no scares, and explains far, far too much at every twist and turn for fear even one person in the TV audience might be confused. Oh, this Danny is butt-faced and far too precocious. In fact, making you wonder, given this Wendy who, unlike the underrated Shelley Duvall version, one cannot see staying with Jack even a moment after he broke their child's arm, believes in Danny's powers, why they ended up going to the Overlook in the first place. The digital effects are laughably cheesy, a fire hose with fangs that looks like something out of a razor commercial, and the hedge animals. Speaking of which, how hard can it be to get the effect of beasts that only move when you're not looking? These look terrible, like blobs of green mercury sliding across the landscape. 
The ghosts all have blue skin and terrified me about as much as a cloudless sky. And Tony is shown here and looks like John Denver. Ooh, creepy. Add to this a diabetes-inducing ending that isn't in the book even, and you have a waste of six hours. You could be doing something more useful, like drinking yourself to death. It's accurate to the book, except the tunnel scene, but now we see that an accurate adaptation simply doesn't work in this case as a movie. Kubrick's is a masterpiece. This is prosaic, shallow, and dumb. Don't see it. Wow. <laughs> so what? I, so okay. I've not seen a razor commercial that has a fire hose with fangs before. <laughs> Am I missing something that I should be googling? Because that sounds awesome. Um, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I could totally see something like that being in a commercial or just it did. The special effects in this are really, really cheesy. This is kind of like a kid's version of The Shining, I think. I mean, this guy's not wrong. There really isn't. I mean, I wasn't scared at all. There's no real sense of isolation. It's just it's too bright. I think for most of the film, it was. And I did not like Danny. I wouldn't call him butt faced, but I did keep making comments to Spencer when we watched it. I think we watched it last year, actually, for the first time because we bought it because it was really cheap and oh. I'd never seen it before. Um, but I was like, he, his mouth just won't shut. Like his mouth just stays open the entire time. Oh. Like, it was just so distracting I did yeah I, I was not a fan of the little boy that played Danny I mean he was a good actor but like it just his character didn't work for me was um, he a mouth breather maybe because I, I haven't seen this since it aired so like I don't remember but it was a made for tv movie not that made for tv movies can't be good and scary but like to be fair like with the special effects and everything like yeah it's from 97 and it's a TV movie, so the budget is not great. Yeah. 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 I, I don't think it needed to be made, personally. I don't either, especially given the fact that, um, you know, later on down the line, Mike Flanagan came along and kind of fixed everything with The Shining, in my opinion, when he did Dr. Sleep. That, like, in my opinion, kind of took what Kubrick did and then, like, gave King the ending he wanted from a movie for his characters, but... Yeah, I uh, absolutely. And Doctor Sleep is my favorite of all three of those films. Yeah, so. it was so fucking good. As everyone who listens to this show knows, how we feel about that that movie. All but right, let's move on. Very good, very good, everybody. Good insight. <laughs> good insight. Moving on. Next, we have the 1973 film The Exorcist. This has an overall rating of 8.0 on IMDb. Was this supposed to be scary? One out of ten. Horror movie fail. The first time I ever watched this matzo ball of a film, I was alone in a darkened house, pausing the film so I could walk through the dark adjoining rooms to get myself another cup of hot milk. This movie was lame from the start. Director Friedkin, spelled F-R-E-E-D-K-E-N, not correct, did a lousy job of trying to scare the audience with his sorry attempts at flashing skulls and effigies on the screen like some 11th rate videographer. As for the cast, 
Ellen Burson was pathetic and annoying, while Jason, <laughs> not Jason, Jason Miller must have been the caterer's brother or something to have gotten this role. The slob cannot act worth kosher beans. Linda Blair and Lee J. Cobb were very good. Watch this once to see what all the hoopla was about. Nothing here except hype. If you can't get a copy with the added scenes, don't worry about it. Virtually nothing was added except a couple extra swear words. One out of 10 for Linda Blair. Uh, my only response to this was uh, I like how the guy called the movie lame from the start. This is a guy who was drinking multiple cups of hot milk <laughs> while watching this film. I mean, I'm sorry, but that sounds pretty fucking lame to me. Well, I was also going to say, I'm sorry, I love matzo ball soup. Why is he call referring to this movie as being bad and then calling it a matzo ball of a film? Stop. That's a compliment. Right? Yeah, I would say so. All right, Mindy. I'm going to go get some warm warm milk. Hang on a second. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll wait. No, hot. Hot. It's got to be hot. <laughs> uh, this. So this, this is a pretty quick sum up here. Oh, really? Kill me now. One out of ten. The quintessential horror film or the archetypal horrific film. My bowels frequently produce better films than this. It just goes to show if you want a film to be considered great, simply get it banned, then release it again 20 years later. I fell asleep 563 times during the first five minutes. Wow. Sky, he counted. This guy uh, knows how to exaggerate <laughs> <laughs> i mean if you fell asleep that many times it's amazing to me that he was able to count how many times he did it but yeah wow if you fall asleep 563 times in five minutes <laughs> and your bowels are producing films i think you need to call a doctor <laughs> all right who wants to become mentally affected for life question mark question mark one out of ten this is a typical pile of trash that is used to become the scariest movie of all time. If anyone watches this movie, they could say, ooh, I've seen The Exorcist. I'm so big. <laughs> Before they raise... <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? I'm so big? It's like a big deal. I got to get back into character. All right. <clears throat> Ooh, I've seen The Exorcist. I'm so big. Before they realize they become paranoid and get put in a mental hospital, the director is insane. The actors and actresses are insane. The writers are also insane. <laughs> if they want people captured in this eternal prison of evil, all I have to say now is may God have mercy on the soul of anyone who rents, buys, of, steals this movie. <laughs> Of course, that was supposed to be buys or steals. Well, wow. you know, English is hard. Well, I think this film may have mentally affected this person. <laughs> well, I guess I'm fucked because I bought The Exorcist for like $5 at Best Buy a few Halloween, like many Halloweens ago. because It was like in the discount bin and I was like, oh shit, I'll own that. So you were like, oh shit, I'm so big. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. All right, Mindy. <laughs> What, what else do people have to say about The Exorcist? The devil does exist because he made this terrible movie. One out of ten. This film is crap. We just don't like it. It is so bad. We would go as far as to say that we would rather get possessed than watch this abysmal 
abysmal train wreck of a movie ever again. The worst part is that everyone loves it. Why? It's about as scary as me, Nan, as exciting as a chess marathon with politicians, and as painful to watch, not in a scary way, as having a root canal without the anesthesia. Again, it doesn't even look real. I mean, who pukes green pea soup? Not even the devil can pull that one off. If you have not watched this film and need to sleep, by all means, put it on. If you want an exhilarating, frightening film, watch something else. Anything else, but not hostile. <laughs> well, I want to read this person's review of hostile. <laughs> right? Wow. Yeah, that's... Okay, moving on. <laughs> All right. Finally, we have... Nah, I don't like it. One out of ten. There's basically two premises at work in this movie. Number one, Satan is alive and well. Suck on that, you sophisticated yuppies. <laughs> Cower in fear, lapsed Catholics. Know that your worst fears are confirmed, Southern Baptists. And for no obvious reason, he might just possess your daughter. Yes, your daughter, you skeptic in the back. Scary, eh? Or number two, nothing, no nothing at all, is more utterly disturbing than seeing a young girl commit various acts of blasphemy unless it's perhaps seeing her exercise some of her bodily functions. Satan's special effects team can even make your daughter look like her head spinning around. Scary, eh? Personally, I'm not buying what they're selling. The movie's extremely well made, especially for a horror flick, but at the very bottom of things, it's about as unsophisticated as they come. Satan's a bit of an idiot in this one, or at least he's not given much of a character beyond taunting the protagonist, i.e. the audience. Yes, you by proxy. Its main point of interest, to me anyway, is the cultural phenomenon surrounding it. More interesting horror movies have been made, but this one seems to push the right buttons for many. That was... I don't even understand. Like, <laughs> I don't understand this at all. So it's a it's a well-made film, but he's just pissed because it's not sophisticated. And I, he thinks Satan's a bit of an idiot. I don't know. I, I don't I, I don't eat. I don't know either. I don't know why we're trying to rationalize all these. I, I don't either. Satan wasn't uh, on top of his game when he made this movie. Oh, and we actually, I, I'm sorry, we do have one more before it's we move on to the next film. Yeah. Uh, and it, title says it all. It wasn't scary. One out of ten. I watched this movie with great anticipation because everyone told me it was really scary. But when I got through about 20 minutes of the film, I got bored out of my mind. It wasn't scary at all. Most of the movie was just the woman talking to a doctor or a priest. And women talking to doctors and priests isn't scary. When I see a woman talking to a doctor or a priest, I don't run out of the room screaming. You know why? Because it's not scary. It's boring. And so was this movie. <laughs> Very focused on one portion of the movie. I right? Br br another brilliant takeaway. The woman talking to a doctor and a priest. Like, forget everything else. Forget the possession scenes. Forget the actual exorcism scenes. The horrifying music. I mean, whatever. Uh, really scary, spelled R-I-L-L-Y. Thank you for pointing really that out, scary. Spencer. Thank you. Really. Uh, I think a lot of these uh, reviews have been written by British people, so I, I think British <laughs> people just don't like horror movies. Uh, or they, I yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not going to try and 
rationalize, justify. Um, these are just very amusing to me. Yeah, I agree. Moving right along, next we are going to read some amazing reviews written about the 1968 film Rosemary's Baby, which has an overall rating of 8.0 on IMDb. We're going to start out with this gem of a review. (laughs) Why do people like this movie? One out of ten. Why do people like this movie? It not scary. (laughs) It just really stupid. It is badly written. Like this review. (laughs) It has an awful ending. It is slow. This is all about a woman being pregnant with A-N-T-I-C-H-R-I-S-T. Yes, they spell this out and they spell out several other words. I have no idea why, (laughs) but I'm just going to read it as it's written. What does that spell? (laughs) Right? Antichrist. Woo! Go, Antichrist. Um, And her husband is a in a Satanist. And so are all their N-E-I-G-H-B-O-U-R-S. British. And everyone in her husband's family. They all have Satanist family reunion and think this is good. Why? Because it is not a sequel, prequel, or remake. There is a sequel to this movie and it is pretty bad. But it is still better than this pile of poo. I can think better movies that got C-R-I-T-I-C-I-S-E-D. Plan 9 from Out Space. If a far scary movie, then is poo poo. <laughs> that is a great movie. And this is just poo. I'm so tired people putting down Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. It just because it is a sequel... That is one of the best horror movies ever. Dracula versus Frankenstein. There is another great horror movie that people have to put down. And like this pile of poo, don't see this movie. It is a wasp of money. <laughs> wow, that was really hard to read. Well, I have and to say. I'd also like to point out that poo is spelled P-O-O-H like Winnie the Pooh. Yes. <laughs> so uh, why is everybody ripping on Winnie the Pooh? This movie is just a big pile of fluffy stuff. Stuffed yellow fur that, that loves likes honey. honey. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds right. lovely. Mindy, does this next reviewer like Rosemary's Baby better than the first person? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, doesn't live up to the hype. One out of ten. I bought this movies because all of the rave reviews. I have to say, I didn't see what everyone else saw. The movie flat out sucked. I will summarize the movie for you. She has a jerk for her husband. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Her neighbors are weird. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. She gets raped by the devil. Cool concept. Maybe it'll get good now. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. The neighbors want the baby. Husband is still a jerk. And the most anticlimactic ending I have ever seen. I will tell you what. You guys can keep your artsy-fartsy horror movies. In this time period, this movie is garbage. The real good old horror movies are still relevant today. Jaws and The Thing are still good today. Rosemary's Baby may have gotten our parents to sweat, but it puts me to sleep. Don't watch this movie unless you are over the age of 50. Ouch. Yeah, that's rough. And you know what? I will keep my artsy-fartsy horror movies because I like them. I like this movie. Whatever. Well, how about the next one? Let's let's hope for better. (laughs) Horror movie. No wonder I found it in the drama section of Blockbuster. One out of ten. Oh. I wonder when this one was written. (laughs) Yeah. 
I was all excited for a scary movie. A scary movie called Rosemary's Baby. I guess the trouble started when I went to Blockbuster and found the movie in the drama section. Never mind that. I think they should make a new section called The Worst Movies No One Should Ever See and put this hunk of junk in it. Well, damn. Sadly, RIP Blockbuster. Unless you live in Alaska or wherever, there's like one more Blockbuster left. Oh, I I think that one's gone too. I think the only one left is in Oregon. um, Oregon, yeah. Oh. Anyway. So I'm sitting down watching this movie, and for the first hour, I fell asleep five times. The total lack of acting skills, music enhancement, and basic movie production was nowhere to be seen. Typical high school film endeavors. I feel that this film is comparable to a reenactment of the book Summer of My German Soldier. Spencer, will you please look that up? I have no idea what that is. That sounds horrible. But maybe it'll make this even funnier. (laughs) Um... A horror movie usually consists of intense moments, frightful surprises, and some sort of antagonist. However, in this movie, the closest thing was some hallucinogenic sequence of a poorly acted rape. Wow. Yeah. I have a lot. I have some comments after I finish this. I think Bring It On had more horror merit than this movie. For at least Bring It On had some sort of dignified conflict. The overall lack of integrity in the movie made it a very rough two hours to sit through. And for what? Rosemary didn't even spill her tea on the baby. So if you want to waste an afternoon and five bucks, Rosemary's Baby is for you. Or you could just sit at home and cut your toenails because that'll give you more of a fright anyways. Wow. Ouch. All right. So Spencer, what is Summer of My German Soldier before I... Rip this person, anyone? <laughs> uh, it is from 1973. The story is told in first-person narrative by a 12-year-old Jewish girl named Patty Bergen living in Arkansas during World War II. The story focuses on the friendship between Patty and an escaped German POW named Anton. Uh, you know, so that's uh, that sounds fun. So to read that sentence again, I feel this film is comparable to a reenactment of the book Summer of My German Soldier. Okay, I have no idea. No idea what... How? Why? (laughs) (laughs) Questions. So many questions. Why are you comparing these two? All right. Also, the antagonist is her husband and the neighbors. Sorry they didn't spell that out more for you, but it's a film about a woman who is basically being gaslit by her husband and her neighbors and whose husband cared more about his film career than his own wife and allowed her to be raped by the devil. I think that's pretty horrifying. I mean, you know, Mindy? Uh, You know, when I cut my toenails, that could be pretty horrifying too. So they kind of have a point. Yeah, I've seen your feet. It is pretty (laughs) horrifying. No, but I, yeah, I'm kind of, I have no words. You're at a loss for words. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, there was one other thing I was going to say. Oh, Rosemary didn't even spill her tea on the baby. What? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, There's a lot of, I just have a lot of questions really for this one. And I, again, I don't see any point in trying to rationalize this. You know, in every horror movie, tea is spilled on a baby. Everyone knows how much the devil hates chamomile, Spencer. Spencer. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There is another review that I was reading where I did not include it in this list but someone was like the movie might have been scarier if i viewed it through the lens of the woman like mia farrow's character and i was like well no shit whose lens were you viewing it from like the husband's 
Like you have to view it through her lens. It's it's about her. That is why it's scary is because of what is happening to her. So yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't think people can really wrap their heads around more um, uh, artsy fartsy horror films. <laughs> for a lack of better terms. I don't know. Like I said, why are we trying to make sense of any of this? I, I, I don't know. That's why I stopped before I even said anything because I was like, I have more questions and I'm not going to bother. <laughs> All right, Mindy, we are going to um, yeah. read some reviews from our last film now. Yeah. What you got? We're going to change things up a bit. Um, some people may not consider this movie to be horror. I do personally think this straddles uh, the line between horror and science fiction. Um, this entire series is kind of a family favorite for me and my parents. Um, the second film, maybe more so, um, but it also has one of the best final girls in history, I think. This first film of the series, which we're going to talk about, has an overall rating of 8.4 on IMDb. How could anyone have anything bad to say about the 1979 film Alien? Well, let's find out what the discerning reviewers of IMDb have to say about this film. <laughs> and right off the bat, it's like watching paint dry. One out of ten. Alien is the equivalent of watching paint dry. A spaceship is traveling back to Earth with a valuable mineral from another planet they receive a signal from outer space of unknown origin. Time to investigate this mystery. The crew find a dead alien inside a spacecraft, and when the chamber is opened, it is filled with eggs. One hatches, and a tiny creature attaches itself to one of the astronauts' faces. Unable to remove the critter, it finally falls off on its own. The man who survived the baby monster is eating dinner with his crewmates when an alien bursts from his stomach and runs away, hiding in the Star Trek Enterprise. <laughs> the uninvited guest kills some of his fellow travelers, and further battles ensue. In between, there's a good amount of brooding. Alien is a two-hour drag. Um, few things. Star Trek Enterprise. <laughs> First thing, it's it's pronounced Nostromo. Um, the Enterprise is something completely different, <laughs> completely different uh, uh, film series and TV series as well. Let's just be clear. Um, I like it. He refers to the face hugger as a little baby monster. <laughs> it's a lot scarier than that, but okay. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Maybe the next one will like it a little bit better. What would we say, Sharon? In space, no one can hear your funny parody of the original tagline. Two out of ten. Oh, that's clever. Wait, I don't get it. Well, the tagline for the movie is, in space, no one can hear you scream. Oh. And so they're, they're referencing their own tagline as a funny parody of the original tagline. So this is going to be a good meta. review, I can tell. So meta. All right, here we go. I hate it. <laughs> Alien is a hilarious movie about a man called Sven who decides to move from Sweden to Japan. Unfortunately, he never bothered to learn Japanese. Hilarity ensues as Sven mistakenly signs up as a contestant in a sumo wrestling match. I'm, of course, joking, but I would rather see that movie than... Re <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm, of course, joking, but I would rather see that movie than Ridley Scott's dreadful movie again. It's not because the special effects are dated. The special effects are fine. The concept is okay, but unoriginal. They did the trapped with a deadly alien creature stuff long before 1979. 
Whatever you do, don't watch this movie late at night with the lights off. You could fall asleep. The movie is so darn boring. I don't mind slow movies, but in Alien, nothing interesting happens in between the alien attacks. Probably because the potty mouth characters are so uninteresting and unlikable. But the cat is cute though. The movie is best remembered for the chestburster scene. I read a review where the writer said that the only scene people talk about is this one. I thought about it for a moment, and I guess he's right. I've heard about it since I was eight. The chestbuster is the only thing that makes Alien original. The problem is the scene isn't even any good. It's just an excuse to show a lot of blood and gore, and blood and gore isn't scary. It's an allegory for whatever. Maybe it is, but allegory doesn't necessarily make a movie any good. Sometimes a piece of crap is just a piece of crap. Two stars for the cat. What up, Jonesy? Woohoo! <laughs> I'm sorry, but does no one else think it's badass that this woman saves herself and battles an alien while lugging around a cat carrier for like the majority of the second half of the movie? That's like one of my favorite things about this movie. Just saying. No one's commented on that. I'm on your side, Minnie. Thank you. I agree. And finally, Twisted, one out of 10. Scott is a lousy director, a great visual artist, but not good at directing. Giger is a degenerate who painted monsters and hellish images all his life. And the whole horror genre is, by and large, a pit of degeneracy. This film is an effective horror and does impress visually in many ways. It also has a memorable soundtrack. But at the end of the day, it is just nasty. And I am sick and tired of nasty imagery poisoning my mind. Shove it down the toilet. Well. That was <laughs> Sharon Snappy. snaps. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Giger is one of my favorite artists of all time. I love his work. I was a Necronomicon 1 and 2. And How many penises is- are in it? Brilliant. Oh my God. There are so many penises in it. That is not why I love it. No, I know. I know. <laughs> but yes. I had to ask. Sorry. He is very, very phallic. But he is amazing. But, and I'm, whatever. Yeah. So people, I, I don't really understand why people watch horror movies just to criticize them if they, you know, they don't like nasty imagery and blood and gore and everything else that people were complaining about in these reviews. Don't watch it. Go watch Bridget Jones's Diary or something like that. <laughs> Shove wow. it down the toilet. Okay. Shove your face down the toilet. Sorry. Well, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note. <laughs> on that note, um, thank you all so much for listening to us. I really enjoy these episodes. We're going to have to do more. I really... Um, would love to hear what people say about some of my other favorite movies like The Lost Boys, Children of the Corn. Um, Mindy, what are what are some funny horror movie reviews you want to hear? Um, oh, I'm sure Children of the Corn would be awesome. Have we done that one? We have. We have we? not. Oh, we've not. Okay. Yeah, we need to do that one. Um, I would actually be interested to look at some bad horror reviews of even newer stuff. Like, I'm sure people have stuff to say about, like, heredity. That would be kind of funny to see, especially because mm-hmm. that's, like, an artsy-fartsy horror movie. <laughs> I would I would Midsummer. Yeah, maybe say. we'll do an all-recent, um, <gasps> you know, 2020, 2021 film Ty that we West really movies. enjoy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I also kind of want to do an entire episode on David Lynch films. Oh, God. Because oh. I think... <laughs> the reviews? Yeah. That oh. would be kind of Funny insane. reviews of those. Oh, my God. I you think could do one episode per movie. For sure. I think we would have a field day with that. And because I've seen his movies so many times, I would... Yeah. And I love them so much. I would just love to, like, rip apart these funny reviews. But um, yeah, if you have any movies that you want us to read some funny reviews on our show um, from those films, did I say that right? Mm -mm. No. (laughs) But it was gold. (laughs) Let me try that again. If you have any movies that you would love us to, if you have any movies that you can recommend to us to read funny reviews written about them, send us your movies. If you have any of your own funny reviews of any films that you love or hate you can write those up and send them to us as well uh also please write to us at horrorstalkhorror at gmail.com if you have any episode ideas recommendations on what to watch any personal ghost stories true crime stories creepy stories whatever you want us to read on our show Please subscribe to us and rate and review us on your streaming platform of choice. It does help us get more exposure, which then helps us to keep the show going, which we very much like to do. If you listen to us only on YouTube, uh, but you do have access to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, if you would be so kind, please do leave us a review as well. That would be awesome. And if you're able to, please join our Patreon. You'll get early access to episodes, the exclusive posts, and maybe even get some fun goodies in the mail. Uh, please be kind to each other out there. Stay safe. And as always, thanks, thanks for, for getting, getting creepy, creepy with us. us. Sharon, do you want a beer? Uh. Oh my god.